Welcome, Internet, to the Pixel Play Podcast, your weekly gaming podcast where three friends get together to discuss everything going on in the video game world. I'm one of your hosts, Kalen, a.k.a. Catastrophe, joined as always by my co-host, Adam, CS Radical, and Jin at Jin and Chris. This week's episode, we're going to be talking about Sony dipping their toes back into the handheld market and Sony's game dreams coming to an end. With that being said, let's jump into it, ladies and gentlemen. How are you guys all doing? Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. I'm still being brave, and I'm still, I'm like one hour away from beating Resident Evil 2, like Claire's story. Nice. The remake, not the original. The original's way too scary. Uh, no, I've just been braving it one hour at a time, and I'm finally, after all these weeks of torture, ready to turn it off and be like, I'm done. But I now do own Resident, yeah, I own Resident Evil 3. I'll have to play that too. As you say, you're getting to the point you're you're ready that you could go into, uh, you can go into dead or dead space. Yeah, I do want to. Ever since you've talked about it, it's. I think that may have been what encouraged me to start going back to Resident Evil Two. I'm like, okay, well, if I'm gonna do something like Dead Space, I'm gonna. I might as well play some of the spooky-ish games I have, and just get through them. And then that way, if I can do that, I can do the other one too. Yeah. No, it's a great game, especially if you like sci-fi horror kind of stuff right up your alley with aliens uh and that man with the furrowed brow that is adam who is playing with the video feed if you're watching us on video adam is tinkering with that right now as he's getting that fixed adam all things nothing's wrong i don't know what you're talking about all systems green (laughs) all systems gray apparently for a second there (laughs) (laughs) video cards dying out Video card is not dying out just apparently uh vivaldi decided to be like hey we're gonna interfere with discord for a second there uh-oh. We're all good, though? Uh, I mean, I assume so. All right, cool. We'll stick with it. We'll keep it rolling. Uh, if this doesn't work and it gets lost in the seeds of time... Well, then, uh, well if you're hearing this, you know it still works. That's the there you go. That's, it's sh- we're doing it. This episode is just Schrodinger's cat. Like We don't know until we open the box whether or not it's like recording or not. Or if see, it I, is lost. See, look, I know about the whole Schrodinger's cat thing, but I can't help but being the nerd that I am, just immediately think of Helsing because that is the only thing I know about Schrodinger. And it's just this, look, for lack of a better term, Nazi femboy cat who uh, gets <laughs> grotesquely murdered several times during that show because, of course, it's Helsing. Okay. I I only know Schrodinger's cat from the Schrodinger cat, like, philosophy physics that's, kind of that's thing. That's just not as fun, though. Let's be honest here. I only know the nerdy textbook Schrodinger's cat. <laughs> yeah. I only know that one, too. But now cat I want to watch Helsing. Get... <laughs> cat doesn't even get a name. It's just Schrodinger's. <laughs> hmm. It's just, it's just get... a cat. I should get a cat and name the cat Jen and Chris's cat. Actually, it wouldn't <laughs> be Schrodinger's cat. It would just be question mark. Question. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, j- guys, I wanted to jump into it. Uh, there was some big news. Uh, if you were a Vita fan uh, once upon a time, there's a rumor going around that PlayStation is going to be dipping its toes into handheld consoles again. I want to talk to you guys. What we know so far is that this is um, possibly not going to be like a Vita sequel in the sense of cartridges in its own games, but rather a streaming device. Uh, if the rumors are to be believed, uh, the rumors are all over a place on this. I've seen people saying that this handheld is going to come out in November uh that it's gonna be a cloud gaming thing some people are saying it's not it's just a streaming thing so my question to you is do you think sony is dipping its toes into the handheld market one more time because right now they're one for two i would argue 
because like play, PSP was a hit. Vita, I would say, is nebulous. Vita, if I think not, should have been a, a hit, no. but I think the price yeah. point kind of screwed them on a little bit on it. I don't think it was a price point. I think it was the memory that killed them. Oh, the memory. Oh, they that per- yeah, the very unique memory, memory wasn't helpful yeah. that much either. And this is someone I have my Vita right over there. Like it's a fantastic system, but like. Like was, people that I know, especially those that uh, that eventually jailbroke it, they say nothing but great things about what that that system can do. So, so does Sony take a third try at this? Does it? Do they take another swing? And what do you think it's going to? I look mean, like? look, I wouldn't be shocked if they do. I feel like you know when you have the kind of money that a company like Sony does have, and your little your ego took a bit of a hit when you had to mention that the Vita kind of failed. There's probably a bit of a sticking point in you as a business going, nah, we can do that right. And you, now you have the Switch and the Steam Deck to show that it, the model system does work. The problem here, at least in my opinion, is that if we're to believe anything that we've read so far, a cloud machine is not the right answer because we already have them. They're called phones. Or they're called Steam Decks, let's be honest. And um, uh, secondly... If it's just a cloud device, that's already a massive failure of an idea because what does that set you apart from your competition? It doesn't. Unless the price point is so absurdly low and it still has high quality. Like If it's a cheap Steam Deck that just is cloud streaming only and there's no downloading it, then maybe we can have a sort of a conversation about it. But that price point better be really good. Also, especially coming off how bad the PSVR 2's price point is kind of screwing its sales over, but that's a conversation for another day. But if it's specifically this, that price better be fucking low. And if it's not, it's going to fail immediately. If it's not the cloud streaming device, then the conversation becomes interesting because then my question becomes, what are you thinking about doing? Because... I don't think you can t- make this into a separate console anymore. I don't think you can have the PlayStation 5 and then also have another set of games going on for PlayStation, whatever the fuck the handheld's called. It's at a point now where you already have the VR system now with studios doing their own things there. You're, well, you're not going to suddenly throw another couple of studios to start making just mobile games. It's not going to go that way. So unless unless you're suddenly going to hire a bunch of indie studios and buy some more shit and try to have like a whole like handheld division again... I don't think that's a good idea. So that handheld, it's got to be able to play damn near close the current stuff. And as we've learned with Switch, that's not always easy if we're talking about major AAA games that aren't Nintendo themselves. So my question then, if that's the case, what's the point? The Steam Deck exists. So I think that's the big runaround that I think we're going to have in this conversation is we already have essentially two consoles that do things that we already think is the massive, like, I guess, majority of what handhelds are expected to do at this point. You've got the low one with Nintendo. You've got the high point with um, Steam Deck. And then if you're looking for streaming, phones kind of cover that already. So I think that's kind of the question we got to ask each other is, what is the point of a third Sony handheld console? Because I'm not saying that they won't do it, but me as a consumer is going... What's the selling point here? Because unless you have some ridiculous new technology coming in here, I don't know what you're going to sell me on that's going to suddenly make me think you're different from your competition. Yeah. Chris, do you think Sony's going to be coming out with a handheld console again? I'm kind of torn. I don't think... I think they're thinking about it. I think that 
somebody at Sony, you know, higher ups are just playing around in R and D, like, hey, what are some of our options? Oh, this would be fun. And then they've probably obviously put out a patent. Well, maybe not a patent. We would have seen that. But they've been fooling around with it. And then some guys whose uncle works at PlayStation, because that's always how it used to go with Nintendo, um, you know, told somebody. And now it's just blowing up into a thing. I, I'm torn if this is a real thing. I don't... I'm sure it could be a possibility. But again, all of the avenues seem to end in almost failure or like why. Because you go cloud-based only, and you run into, like, Razer right now has its own cloud-based only device, which mm -hmm. is ridiculous to me, because Razer makes, like a couple other companies, those controllers you attach to your phone. It yeah. makes a cloud device phone, or cloud device portable system right there. That already has built-in, like, 5G. And if you take something like this Razer product, or I think there's a couple other, like, PC let steam De steam deck kind of like products but they are cloud only um and then if this playstation one came out like for all of them i look at it and i wonder like what is the point of this we <laughs> do have phones and the steam deck can do a lot of that too obviously now i get it if you steam deck might be out of somebody's price point maybe the playstation one would be cheaper but the steam the playstation one if they come out with this it's going to be locked i'm assuming to your ps5 and it will only stream like remote play from there, or then maybe I think the PlayStation Plus Premium is cloud, right? Is that mm -hmm. how that works? So maybe it'll have that as well. But then you have to be in the highest tier PlayStation Plus or have your PS5 running to even use the thing. And it'll have to have like a 5G or whatever, like cell phone chip in it. So you can play outside the house if you want to actually leave, unless you're bringing your phone and you want to hotspot it. But again, at that point, why wouldn't you just be using your phone anyways? It has remote play and all the cloud streaming and all that. Yeah, there's just so, so many question marks. Yeah, like, I, it's it's just, I feel like this might be an idea they're throwing around, but the cloud streaming just would probably just be crap. Like, it, unless the thing's like a $50 device and it's like, oh, I guess that's kind of a nice to have, maybe $100 at most, sure. But I imagine the technology to make these things is more than that in the beginning. So not a great idea. And then if it is... A PlayStation Portable 2 or a Vita 2 or whatever the heck that it would be. I mean, I think that they'd be hopping back into a market that they don't have a great record with with the last one. Because to me, the Vita died because of the lack of games that Sony was really putting on there. Like, their own games. Like, even if you buy a Switch and you're like, oh, I don't really want to play FIFA 23 on this thing, it's going to suck. I don't want to play Kingdom Hearts. It's cloud streaming for some reason. There's another way to show that the cloud streaming is awful. At least you can play all of the million Nintendo first-party games, probably only have like 15 games on there, but you'll be pretty satisfied that you got your, or maybe your kids got their money's worth, who knows. But Vita, I can think of like three games off the top of my head that were on that thing that were like first-party, and it's like, okay, cool, but it wasn't enough, obviously, to keep interest for very, very long. Kind of like the Wii U, but portable, like just not enough, you know? Yeah. Um. So... Again, they come into this market and they try and make a device they didn't do great with last time. And they're coming in after the Switch is already in its like sixth or seventh or whatever the heck year it's in. And now all these other devices, because sure, the Steam Deck's there, but there's all these other PC style competitors that are now coming out as well. Because they're like, oh, this could make us money. So they'd be coming into a market where it's not going to have many games. PlayStation fans aren't very excited for it, maybe. Um, and they'd have a, to go a very uphill battle against some already very stabilized competition 
um, in the current market. And especially when you take the Switch, you know, you can get the version that docks with the TV. Like, it's actually, yes, a weaker console, but at least full experience. Um, Steam Deck, I mean, it's a, a PC. You can take the thing to work, plug it in, and work on Excel if you want. Like, they all have their benefits where this PlayStation 1 would probably just be like the Vita, have some exclusives, and then... I don't know. I don't know if it would be, it'd really grab a lot of that market, at least not in North America. Japan could be another story, but probably not again enough where it's like this huge success. So they could be working on it, but I don't know if it's a good idea, no matter which way they go about designing this thing. Yeah. I, I, I think you guys bring up some good points. Like I don't think that it's going to be a Vita two successor. Like I think we'll talk about the games in a second, but like from the standpoint of just a cloud streaming device, most places don't have the internet capacity to support a streaming service. Like um, you mentioned those like little handheld controllers. Like I've got the GameSire one and it's great, but cloud, like I've tried cloud gaming on both the um, Game Pass and PlayStation and it's fine, but it's not one for one experience. And I can't imagine them doing like a download the system because then you don't have the specs to run it like a full PS5 game. And like, the, like you said, the market is saturated. Like we have Nintendo who offers the first party quality games, like for what the, for all your gripes of Nintendo, they do make quality first person games. And then on the other side, you have Steam Deck, which is basically got the largest catalog and like good, like first, like so many first party games are on Steam now, too. Um, so like it's a very competitive market that I think if you just come up with a streaming device, I don't think it's going to work. The one thing that I could see them doing is not necessarily a full out handheld console, but doing some sort of peripheral. So like we've talked about, whether it's the backbone, whether it's the uh, what's the razor version, uh, the Kishi or whatever it's called. Kishi. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or the game are like I can see them making like, hey, here's a PlayStation branded one hooks up with your phone for remote play ease of use. But even the remote play app on PlayStation doesn't work super well. Um, when I got when I got the games are I had to buy a third party remote play app so that I could have a better third party or like a better remote play experience. And so like the app itself doesn't work. So like, I don't know why they would put that effort in there. Um, but Sony also has another problem in that they're already oversaturated in terms of like, they have the PlayStation five, which is doing gangbusters and like, they need to have the first parties firing on all cylinders for that. But they also have a VR headset, which is doing lackluster you know, I, I'm not saying it's doing bad, but like I don't hear the world on fire about this app the way or this product like they were with even PSVR one. And so Sony only has so many studios. So either you have a Vita situation once again where you take time away from first party devs to build these games, which would be great. But then you have fewer parties working on or fewer people working on first party games on the console itself or on the PSVR two. Or you have nobody working on this, and then what's the point? So, like, I feel like they are like they already have two ecosystems that they're managing, and I don't necessarily think, unless they're going that pure cloud streaming one, and that's it. And I don't think that we've talked about why that's a bad reason to do it. I think they already got two ecosystems that their studios are already overwhelmed. That I don't think, unless they're going to go on a huge acquisition purchase, I doubt they're going to go with this route. And even on yeah. top of that, like we're talking about them taxing the studios. What about their customers? Like, if you're a hardcore PlayStation gamer. And you've already bought the PS5, not to mention how many other games you put on there. You're, they're already asking you to spend 
like more than the cost of the console to get a VR system. And now a year later, they're going to tell you to spend another ton of money on a handheld because let's mm-hmm. assume like, unlike again, the only way this handheld could possibly even be on anybody's radar has to be a cheap price point. There's no way you can put another peripheral out for 500 plus dollars more. Again, you can't do this every year to your customers. You're not Apple. You can't do that. Oh, it's not going to work. Well, they'll try. They'll fail because they're not Apple because they don't, they don't know how to suck their customers in yet. They haven't learned. They just assume that because they did it once that they can do it 10 times now. No, Apple did it for a number of years to the point that now they could finally go, okay, we're the trendy brand. Now every year we can just take a shit ton of money from you and you can't stop us. Sony doesn't have that. And on top of that, when you look at everything else that they're offering, like we're all going to sit here and tow the Sony line because we love the console and what it's done. But let's be honest, from a price point perspective, they're kind of dogging us compared to other companies. The Switch clearly is the best price point and offers some pretty damn good games, although Sony has a bigger collection. But between them and Xbox, they have way better price points for your monthly subscriptions. And the game the controller pricing on the PS5 controllers are, I think, the most between all of them. They, the Joy-Cons might be as close to that, but I know for certain the Xbox controllers are a little cheaper. But you and on top Joy-Cons. of that, neither of them are throwing multi, like 800, I'm thinking Canadian dollars, $800 VR peripherals that you're also being prodded to go buy. And then on top of that, they're now going to say like, hey, here's this, let's say 499 handheld peripheral it does streaming and we're gonna be like but there's something else to it right and i think that's the big thing we're kind of coming up with here it's like with the rumors that are being circulated the streaming device is the big one and to me that's not good enough because it already exists in many formats so the price point is the only thing that could set it apart but i don't expect sony to suddenly come out like here's essentially a Vita that can stream all your games and it's going to be $200. I don't see that because that's impossible in this day and age. It's going to be minimum $400. And is your customer base going to pay that much money just so they can play their game in bed? They can already technically do that. It's called moving the TV into the bedroom. It's not that fucking difficult. Sure, it's a little bit of extra work, but it doesn't cost you $400 plus to do it. I, I, so... I disagree with you on that. Like, just move your TV. Like, I've got a big TV. I'm not carrying that up to my room. But, like, <laughs> you get to that point, like, and you, you raise an interesting point because, like, if it's a streaming serve, streaming console, I'm only going to use it at my house because, like, I'm not going to be sitting on a train because I have no Wi-Fi. And if I have free Wi-Fi, it's not good enough to stream something on. So I'm not going to be using it on a plane. I'm not going to be using it on a train. I'm not going to be using it in a car. So I'm only using it at my house. And unless the price is dirt cheap, I already have a TV in my room. Is it the best TV? No. But if I can get a PlayStation 5 for 500 bucks. Yeah, you're going to pay the just, same price just to be able I, to I play, play it play 10 play. feet away from the, from the TV that you normally on play an, it on. On an 8-inch screen, right? Like, and no offense, yeah. but like, I don't, fa- like, one of the designs I was thinking about this with handheld consoles is that they always make the screen flush with the controller. So I either need to look like this and look straight down while I'm holding my controller, or I need to hold the controller up to my face, right? So, like, this is not a good experience. Like, I could just go buy another PlayStation and just remote play onto my, like, 
into my bedroom if I want a second peripheral. But like, yeah, I, I the way I can only see them doing it is doing it cheap. And the only way I see them doing it cheap is like, hey, here's a peripheral controller to hook up to your phone so that you can stream games on your phone. Like you'd be better yeah. off buying a projector, mm-hmm. hanging it up on the ceiling, and then just moving your PlayStations like slightly behind the bed and plugging it into the projector. Like that's, and it's mm-hmm. probably going to save you money too. Yeah. Because yeah. like the thing with handheld gaming, and this is always a personal thing for me, I've never liked it. There's a reason why most of my handheld gaming and throughout history has been done through emulation because I don't understand how people can spend hours upon end with this tiny thing in their hand and like having to adjust along with it. If we ever get to an age, like it may not happen in our lifetime, but if we get to an age where handheld gaming can have this, um, what's the word I'm looking for? But like a holographic screen that -hmm. just goes up to your eye vision, or if even if you have glasses that you can play and just have a controller, you know, like that would be a a difference maker. So like if Sony's coming out with Sony PlayStation glasses and it's just basically you put these on and now you can play your PlayStation games and streaming them to your straight to your eyes and you can just basically lie down and it doesn't matter where you're looking, then you might have at least something interesting there. I still don't think no, a lot of people are going to buy it, but at least it's interesting. But what we're sounding like is we're getting an oval-shaped console and it's going to stream games. And we're going to be like, that exists many times already. We don't need another. So unless like unless all these rumors are way off base and they're doing something completely different like i'll I'll give you guys a pitch here this is what if you're ever going to make a handheld console now this is what you do you get a cheap console make it 300 bucks at most but the purpose of that console is to be retro and indie you specifically design it and don't half-ass it properly have a team like have a studio that's literally their job is to take the PlayStation library from over the years and repurpose them so that they emulate functionally Legend of Dragoon so it actually works on this console. And then you work with indie studios, maybe hire a few, like buy a couple of small studios and have them be like, okay, this is our in-house development for our handheld division. Doesn't cost us a lot of money to do. And you have a handheld market that's niche, but at least it has a potential audience rather than you trying to get into a market where there's already way too many cooks in the kitchen. I just don't think what they're planning on doing is going to do much of a dent apart from their brand recognition, but I don't think it's enough to justify the means at this point, unless they have something in the back that we don't know about that might actually change things. But even then that's the PSVR two. It's a huge game changer for VR, but the price point is such a big deal that it's still not helping people. If that thing was working for PC gaming, we'd be having such a different conversation about that peripheral, but it's not, so that price point isn't working. So if Sony's going to come up with a handheld thing that's equivalent to that, again, it has to do something transcendent to justify it at this point, because the, the market is already too saturated. That's actually the idea I was thinking about, too. Like, what if they were coming out, remember, like, the PlayStation Classic, the NES Classic, mm-hmm. SNES Classic? What if it's actually, like... I don't know, some sort of like PlayStation classic, but it plays PS Vita or PSP for sure. PS1, PS2, and PS3 games or something. And you buy them off the PSN, you can play them on your PS5, and those specifically also work on this, you know, $200 
portable retro PlayStation machine. And, and it also the library doubled. worked out really nicely. That actually could be a potential option, but there's no especially, way that would be the option. Especially if it also had remote play and PlayStation Plus premium cloud streaming on it as yeah. well as like a bonus on top of the retro. Yeah, like if it's if it's a cloud streaming console plus, then maybe you can have a conversation about it. But again, not for five hundred dollars. Like that's that's no. the big thing too. Whatever this thing is, unless it's something transcendent to handheld gaming, aka the Steam Deck, um, I don't know how it's justifying any cost that's not sub five hundred at this point. And I don't see them almost going that route. I think the key thing for me that that like the area that they they've lost all of us, and I think that they lose the plot, is the streaming. I think that we're not in a world yet. Like the fact that Google couldn't come up with a streaming service that was successful i don't think a handheld is going to save it so i think for it to be successful i think i think they could do it i think we've proposed some ideas on how to address it but i think the problem is, is that if you do this route you have to make it that you could have local games whether that's downloaded onto the system or, or cartridge or whatever like you need to have a physical game no one ever like applauds nintendo for their streaming games that they have like hitman or anything right so i think it going that stream route is the mistake i think if they can solve that issue and somehow play old games whether that's even just hey here's the back catalog whether that's playing new games i don't know how they do that but i think the the streaming is where they're making the fundamental mistake yeah and if that's what it is it's dead in the water like let's be completely honest if they come out with a at whatever their big thing is that apparently is going to happen soon because it's supposed to happen before e- before E3 would have been, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, if they come out and say, hey, we're going to release this thing out in November, as the rumors have said, and it's going to be specifically a streaming handheld, it's dead on arrival. Like, everybody's going to look at that and be like, I don't care if that thing's $200. It's not worth it because there's just no point. Yeah. I think if they yeah. come out with this handheld console, it's not only that that's dead in the water, I think it's also the PSVR 2 is dead on the water. I think I think for them to come with a second peripheral and try to manage two secondary peripherals, they can't do it. I mean, they could, but they're not going Unless to. Unless they come out and say that they're going to make this thing PC ready in X amount of time. I don't even think that I don't think they will. PC is not even going to fix this issue. Like it's not a, like it's not a PC. Actually, issue I disagree with that because the price point is cheaper than some of the bigger models, and the technology is really strong with it. From what I've heard from people who are big into VR, so. My understanding is that at least if it was available to do more than just what's on PlayStation's ecosystem, mm-hmm. that could be a real game changer because you'd have a much bigger library to tap into. I'm not disagreeing. Sorry, I'm not disagreeing that they would have more sales. They would obviously have more sales by having a bigger base, but I don't think that would breathe like the like that would make PSVR the number one hit. No, we're not going to sit here and talk about how it's like, you know, the biggest selling thing in, in, in the history of anything mm-hmm. like, no, but the idea is that we're trying to lay down a foundation that we can be used in the future. Mm-hmm. So like, that's yeah. the big thing. Now, if we're talking another peripheral again, it's either got to be something that lays a massive foundation in for what gaming can be in the future, or it's got to be something niche that doesn't really have a market for it. And cloud streaming ain't it. That's that's just mm-hmm. the reality. If that's what it is, it ain't it. It's gonna. I don't care if that thing is given away for fifty dollars. Yeah. You know, some people mm-hmm. will buy it, but let's be honest, it's gonna get put away in in the cupboard pretty quick. Because if it's still on, streaming only, you're gonna more likely just be like, screw it, this connection's garbage. I'll just wait until you know 
so-and-so's done with the TV so I can get back and play my game again. Like, that's really yeah. all it's going to turn into. Cloud gaming right now, like, I think Xbox is the only one kind of doing it right in the sense, not necessarily that there's the best, like, streaming-wise. I haven't used enough to, to compare. But it's just a bonus feature on top of the subscription. You get the games, they install on the PC or your Xbox, wherever it is you play them, and then you also get the cloud streaming on the side. It's no extra cost. It's like, hey, by the way, if you want to try and play this on your, also in bed, if, instead of a TV, guys, iPads or something, tablets, they all have the apps too. You can do that. Connect mm -hmm. controllers. I've done that. Um, but like, it's just a bonus. Like you can get into bed, use your phone with a peripheral or, or an iPad with a, a real controller and connect it and, you know, continue your game with the cloud. But nobody's paying for Game Pass, for example, for the cloud gaming. It's just mm -hmm. not. No one's doing that. It, it's it's and yeah. I mean, they're doing it so well. Like they're not popping out a four hundred dollar peripheral to go with it because they know better. So if Sony's doing it, like that tells me that so like if this is true, if they legitimately make this announcement, somebody needs to go deep into that company and just figure out who the fuck is messing around with things because there's a mole in that company that's really <laughs> making some bad ideas because that is a terrible idea. Some guy just named Phil Spencer started working. Spencer started working there very recently. Just some guy. Look, just go into the studio, Spencer. and if you see something, like just stay there for a day and observe the office. And if you see someone who has changed their shirt four times, that's the mole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm guessing the mole is also going to be the one that's responsible for killing uh, Sony's massively popular game, Dreams. Uh, so, segueing over to the next topic, uh, yeah. The dream is over, guys. The dream is dead. Uh, Sony is, or Media Molecule is, ending support for the, I don't know how the hell you would describe this, the game creation tool dreams? Uh, Look, it was, uh, it, was, yeah. it was RPG Maker on PlayStation. That's what it was. <laughs> so, I mean, like, we can go real quick around the table, but I think we all kind of agree. Does anyone disagree with the statement that dreams was not a success? I actually do disagree. You think Dreams was just a success? Not a financial success, but I think it was a success. All right, go for it. I, I'm, I strongly disagree, so go for it. Well, look, if you look at what the tool actually is, are we sitting here saying that Dreams was supposed to be this amazing game of the year thing? No, it was a tool. And we know what happens every single time that these things exist. We see cool projects. The way that we look at, say, when people put out their videos of like them making an entire city in Minecraft, that's what Dreams essentially was going to be. It was never going to be. I mean, they might have wanted it to be something else, but let's be honest, we all knew going in, this is going to be something where some people are going to make some cool projects, and that'll be it. It'll be, some, it'll be Reddit quality stuff. People that are trying to get into, into game development are going to mess around with that and kind of learn a few things and get some ideas. And that's it. And based on what I saw, especially in the early days of Dreams, some of the things that I would see perusing social media, I saw some really neat things, like people making really funny versions of Sonic games and, and Death Stranding and things like that. And has there been, like, that one de facto, like, this is the thing that really showed Dreams off to what it is? No, but I didn't ever assume that there was going to be, like you know, something that people are going to be like, you have to buy Dreams specifically to play this project that somebody made. It's like, I don't think there was ever a success point to begin with. I think it was just a tool. 
you know, it was a really expensive tool if you were buying it on a PlayStation, but it was a tool nonetheless. And I think it did its purpose. People did some funny things with it. People did some cool things with it. And then we forgot about it like that tool was going to be. It's not like, like, is Mario Paint a, a failure or success? I don't know, but people had fun with it. Like the third like, if we're, like if we're going with like the real technical was this, was it a success? No, it fucking didn't like generate any sales. Of course, it wasn't a success. But did it generate it... some interesting things? Yes, and that's all I wanted to see from it. I wanted to see some weird, wacky shit, and that's what I got. I don't imagine though that PlayStation is dropping millions of dollars, taking one of their biggest studios at the time. Like, you gotta remember that Dreams came off the the success of Little Big Planet one and two. They tied up Media Molecule or and Tearaway. They tie up Media Molecule for years to come up with something that's just cool. You can make games. It's a tool. You like, just asked no. if it was a success. You didn't say the terms of what it was. Even as a tool, I would say it's not a success. Like, what's the purpose of it, right? To just generate content? Like, no one was playing the content. Like, no one was play like downloading dreams in order to say, hey, let me try these random games. Like, no offense. I played Little Big Planet. The worst part of Little Big Planet was the content create like stuff that you created, right? I played those levels and a lot of them were just garbage. So like even if you got some cool stuff being made in Dreams, a lot of it too was also just some garbage projects that, like some kid made once and then dropped it. So like I don't see what the benefit is there and if you wanted to if you are die hard wanting to make a game for PlayStation. There's tools like Unity and stuff and we see that garbage show up on the PlayStation network. Why do I need to now have it curated through a dreams tool that's less intuitive than using a mouse and keyboard? So like, I don't think it's a success in any measure. Like it's it's not a fantastic game creation tool, no more so than anything else. I don't see it doing anything for Sony other than costing it money and time and a, a developer being put on the sidelines. Like I'd be surprised if Media Molecule gets another chance at making another game. So like, well, get a I don't chance to make another this... game and they'll just be like, hey, uh, no weird shit. Just make a game, <laughs> please. I could see them shutting it down. Like, I mean, Sony is, has I a track record it. of shutting down, shutting down studios that don't do well. Like, think of, like, Zipper Interactive. They had one failure. They shut down uh, Gorilla Cambridge after Riggs, knowing full well they were making another PSVR system. And they're like, nah, we're going to shut down this VR studio. Like, it's, I don't know. Like, I don't think this was a success in any capacity. I don't think it was a successful game. I don't think it was a successful tool. I don't think it was a successful revenue generator. I'd rather make a game on Unity and then sell it like Black Tiger on PlayStation Network for 99 cents and then get those Twitch streamers who buy bad games to play it to make content. Like, why not? Like, you've got things like My Name is Mayo where it's literally just click a button until you get the platinum trophy. Like, there's more ways to make a game that will make you money, whether you want to make a great game or you're just looking to make a quick buck on PlayStation Network. I don't see how having a $60 or $70 um, entry in terms of getting a Dreams game to be beneficial. Chris, where do you fall? Dreams, success or or, or not? In any uh, definition that you want. I, I don't think it was a success in most of the ways. If there was 10 different categories that you would look at it, if it was a success, nine of them, it was not a success. I think I can see where Sony was coming from. Um, like, it doesn't confuse me that they went with this. Just because, um, obviously, yeah, like you mentioned, Little Big Planet, they had, like, the creator's tool and stuff there. But it was very specific in a game. But if you looked at Nintendo, they had, like, Super Mario Maker. You know, obviously not exactly the same idea, but, you know, 
you know, um, players creating content. And then Microsoft had, uh, has still very much so Minecraft. Uh, and both of those are very popular, huge communities. You know, they may, they're probably not as, oh, well, Minecraft is obviously huge, but I don't know if Super Mario Maker is as popular as obviously a normal Mario game, but still enough that they'll keep making them. And I feel that Sony wanted to kind of, you know, jump on one of those bandwagons, have its own version of some sort of creative tool, whether it be for kids or adults, probably they were going for something new, something unique. Um, and yeah, I think that's honestly where the idea came from. And I think in the sense that there is one thing it did succeed at, and this is kind of what Adam, you were saying is it did create a small community of people that all did hang out and check out each other's games of whatever they were making. And I would see in my newsfeed, you know, somebody made, like, I, Adam, you mentioned Sonic the Hedgehog. That was always seemingly the one that came up. Like, oh, this new Sonic game is available in Dreams. Um, so it did, like, reach the news, and I would have a look at it. I'd check out the video on YouTube of someone playing it. Obviously, I wasn't going to go buy Dreams for it, but, um, you know. Yeah, you like, really should have. You could have played Sonic Frontiers before Sonic Frontiers. <laughs> yeah, but what if I got the Platinum? That's the important No. That's why dreams failed. <laughs> this, yeah, where's my Sonic for? So that's one of the the one of the there. nine things they failed at. No, tr no yeah, platinum trophy. Of... No, 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 no. For Sonic Frontiers specifically, it has to be the fan made. <laughs> um, but yeah, like as soon as you start then looking at finances and all that, like, did this actually make a enough of a name that it will still stick around? Because there's going to be another Super Mario Maker probably on the next system. They always come out with a new one, one per system. Um, Minecraft is still going to be Minecraft. People still play that all the time. Um, so, you know, I, it's, it wasn't anywhere near big enough where they could curve out a part of their own market. And I think regardless of the finances and stuff, for me, that would have been the big measurement of success. Did it create its own, you know, community and part of the market where it could keep going and it would, you know, when there's a PS5 or PS6 or whatever, I can't remember when the Dreams came out, I guess it would have been PS4, like an updated so just, version or whatever for the new console. Just to give you some context, this game was hinted at in 2022. It was first, like, there was a technical demo in 2013 and the teaser for the game was released in July of 2014 and officially announced in 2015. So this game, depending on when you want to say it was announced, was in development from anywhere from eight years to five years. So oh, that's the big thing I was going to comment on and saying like the biggest issue that caused what we have this conversation on of being a failure is because that they took way too long to get it developed because this was supposed to have been out way before it came out. Well, I'm just saying it took five years to develop and it's being no longer supported after well, it was released officially in 2022. So it's not even three years old yet, and it's hey, already no longer being supported. Once again, I'm not disagreeing <laughs> with that, but is that is that really who you're trying to beat in this is race? That, as long as it's better than Avengers. Um, I, I'm just yeah. saying, like, you spent more time developing this game than you did supporting it and, like, building that community. So, like... Uh. I'm going to straight up say, I don't care. I don't even think Sony does either. I think that was them throwing money at... Go do something stupid. Let's try some shit. We've got the money. We'll just put out another Last of Us remake and it'll be fine. <laughs> Honestly, like, Sony we, we may not even know what the successes are in this because let's be honest, this tool also doubles as something that developers of the game can look at individually with each project and take that to Sony and be like, look at this cool idea somebody came up with. 
and that can be thrown to something else. That's another like hidden thing that go with some of these kinds of games, especially with like your RPG makers and stuff when people put these really crappy games out, but that something unique comes out like somebody thinks of this interesting system or like a cool story idea and somebody takes that, they put that to a major studio, that makes them some money. Honestly, Sony could if Sony makes one new IP based off of something that that game came up with with one of their community members, that already pays itself if it's if that game succeeds. What about that? I don't know. You no. assume like how much they're spending on this, like five years to run a studio. We don't know how much game. they spent on it. Uh, I'm assuming it's not like think about like running Media Molecule. You're you're paying to run that studio. Let's assume even five people. Let's say you're paying them fifty thousand dollars a piece. Like that's two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year to run that system. Not including maintenance and, and equipment, like two hundred fifty thousand sure. over five years. That's but a we're very, talking, very, we're talking very... in like mysterious numbers here. Whereas 100%. my brain's just going, look, everything you you're always going to have a project that you have to go. Okay, this isn't going to work, but we need to try something. Otherwise, things are going to get stale. Like Horizon might have failed. Would it? Would it? We have considered it a failure, sure. But Sony also looks at it and says, okay, but that doesn't work. Sony looks at a project like Dreams. The only problem that I honestly have with it is how long it took. It should have been out sooner. This conversation doesn't happen if it came out in, let's say, 2017, 2018. I don't think this conversation sticks anymore, even if it was the same amount of time, because it didn't take... Like, you look at the Wikipedia page for Media Molecule, there's games every freaking year that came out with that studio all the way up until Dreams where there's this five-year gap. That's the mistake. That's the failure is that's five years that went to something that we, like, I'm sure Sony even knew as this thing was being produced, this is not going to sell a lot. This is an idea generator. This is a cool creation tool for a very niche market. The only failure is that that's potentially a few more years that we could have had them working on something else. To me, that's the failure. I don't look at this as being a anything other than a acceptable loss given that you have enough other projects that are going to counterbalance that and like i said if that project generates any sort of interesting ideas in the long term and trying something that doesn't stick unless that we find out the budget that they spent on this thing is tens of millions of dollars and cost them a fortune different conversation but unless we know those numbers i'm not going to flat out say it's a failure because i'm speaking in in hyperbole or not hyper in hypothesis so at this point, I'm going to say cool idea wasn't ever going to work, but generated some cool shit. And who knows, somewhere in the background, there may have been some ideas that got generated that might we might see years down the road and may never know about. To me, I don't think it's, it's a big deal that it shut down in three years. I'm honestly surprised that it took that long because a project like that is very easy to fizzle out because as soon as the parkour people get their hands on it, it's pretty unlikely more people are going to be doing stuff for it. And generally speaking, those people tend to have a new toy within 6 to 12 months to go off of. So the fact that it got three years, essentially, I'm actually surprised it's that much. For me, like you, you mentioned, like the failure was just that um, it took so long to make. And I, I think the, the failures and the problems of Dreams were far beyond that. Like, I think the fact that this game took so long is, is an issue. But I think one of the bigger problems was just getting this into the hands of people like it is a weird game it's not it's hard to sell too like because it, it came with like a very small campaign 
the real selling was like, hey, you can now play other people's games. But once again, I don't want to be a curator of what's good or what's not. Like, I just want to play well-developed, professionally developed games, not someone learning how to play Dreams for the first time. So I think one of the problems is just like, it's hard to sell. And you're now asking me for 30 bucks to play this game that isn't really quite a game. I, I think one of their biggest mistakes was not making this free. Like, make this as part of like, and I think eventually they did, but this was a game that should have been from day one. Hey, it's on PlayStation Plus. Here you go. Like, they should have done it when PS5 was coming out. They should have said, hey, Dreams is coming on the PlayStation built in just like Astro's Rescue, Astro Bot or whatever. Like, it's it's set up, it's ready to go. You need to have a huge player base to get people to try. But like to say people, hey, spend 30 bucks to see if this is for you. Here's spend 30 bucks so you can curate or, or, or go through all this stuff to filter out the good stuff. Like, I thought that was a bad move in the way that they developed it. Like, this is something that should have been free to play. And then, you know, market it like, hey, it's through PlayStation Plus. If you get it, it's free to play or, you know, it's free to play. But if you want to buy the tools to make your own content, like that's going to cost you money. I don't know. Like, I think having it as like a physical release and buying it like a normal game was just a huge mistake, especially given the like the lack of content in there. Right. Like with Mario Maker, you get a whole bunch of levels that are made by Nintendo. Right. You are getting Nintendo made missions. I think here, I think there was something like five campaign, like five small stories that didn't even all like become a game. It was just sort of like a hey, here's how you can make a story. Here's how you can make a movie. And it just it didn't really resonate well, especially for that for people to have to go out and buy it. Even if it is 30 bucks, I think like this is something that would have really benefited from being delivered free or as low as possible. So I, I was do interestingly looking around trying to see if I could figure out how many copies are sold. I can't get a de facto number on it, but there is a website that tracks the number of unique users that have ever logged into the, into the game. Mm -hmm. And it's over 2 million. If these numbers were to be anything believed, that's not terrible if that's the case. When does it tell you when 2 million people logged in? This is up to, well, no, it's, it's saying the overall like count of since like mm. the beginning. So this, this is up to date since the 10th of this, of this month. So this is yesterday. And the number that I'm seeing here is 207 million or not 207, two, 200 or 2,077,000 specifically. Mm -hmm. And that's over, well, I, know I guess, the span of its entire life cycle. So that's not saying that, like, I, I can't see how many people on average were playing, but that's saying, like, how many people overall, I guess, registered to play this game. I don't know how many copies that means were sold, but that's, like, at least a number to go off of. If that's the case, like, even if it's, like, remotely close to that, that's not terrible for what the tool is. Like, even if it's well, half that, if they if they sold a million copies of that, I think that's honestly pretty damn good. So my thing is, I, I'm like 95% certain that Dreams was on PlayStation Plus at one point. And if that's the case, I don't think 2 million users is a good I don't number. think that's true because I would have had it and I don't have it. Let me go check. It also would be way more than 2 million if that was the case. I think that if one of those 2 million people right now is a genius, they'd log into Dreams and they would build within Dreams, Dreams 2. Get in there, do it now. And then you can just sell it back to Sony. Okay. So I'm not seeing anything suggesting that PlayStation, that Dreams was on PlayStation Plus, which once again, huge mistake. Yeah, they probably could have done a bit more benefit to it than say like at some point last, last year doing it. 
that could have maybe at least like revitalized it, but I think they probably looked at it and went, nah, we're going to be killing this thing off soon anyway. There's no point. So how the hell did Dreams not get PlayStation like VR support? Like that seems like a game that would have been like right for PlayStation VR support. Because Media Molecule would have needed another five years to make it. Why know. didn't they just build that in Dreams? They already have the tool. Ugh. So but yeah, like I'm, I'm gonna sit. I'm not gonna sit here and say it's an outright failure. I think there it did something right because it really was an IG idea generator. That's really what the tool kind of is. In the end, was it a commercial success? Probably not, given the amount of time that it took to get that developed. But hey, like, we're not sitting here talking about, like, a Marvel Avengers or Anthem-level failure. This is a completely different conversation. Oh, I'm not saying, like, it's a bad game in terms of poorly designed, but I just... Like, you asked me if it was success. I think there was a success somewhere with Dreams. But if you're going to close the scope, was it a financial success? No. Was it a success specifically for PlayStation hardware? No. Was it a success for Media Molecule? Maybe. I'm not. I'm not used to Adam being the optimist of the group. It's throwing me off. I'm waiting for him to say like, "This is the Minecraft killer we've all been waiting for." <laughs> <laughs> Makes you really feel like Minecraft. <laughs> cool. I think. I think that Kaylin, your spot, like my. My idea, definitely. It should have been something that comes with PlayStation Plus, like almost an added benefit of having the the PlayStation Plus essential tier. Like you get it with it or PS5 or something, but yeah, like... Yeah, that would be the one real been, mistake is that they never made it free. I mean, they uh, made Destruction All-Stars free almost as soon as they could because they knew it wasn't doing well. Yeah. And I don't think Dreams being free for just a month, like, I mean, it's just a PlayStation Plus benefit. Like, Switch Online has Tetris 99, like, it's always available to you, but you need the subscription to play it. Dreams, same thing. It's probably an online, always online thing anyways, right? you got to keep connecting to the servers to get all the different content and everything, so it would make sense anyways. You couldn't play it without PlayStation Plus, so... Should have just... It, it like, I, I, it, Media Molecule's next project. Say, it, it PlayStation Home 2. I loved PlayStation Home. I didn't oh, use it a lot, but... It, I used to go in there a little bit. It was fun, but it was free. It was free. It was free in the sense that you could log in and then realize how poor you were unless you spent money on their stuff. Oh, I didn't buy anything in there. So maybe I I just had a great time walking around. I don't even know. It's like your Xbox avatars. The only money I ever spent was just to buy a Robin shirt just so I had a big R on my shirt because I was radical. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that's what everyone thought when they saw the giant R. Yep. (laughs) Best thirty nine ninety nine I ever spent. <laughs> it was probably like a buck fifty or something. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be. Yeah. Well, I guess the Anyways, dream is dead. The dream is dead, and this episode is dead in the sense no. that we're wrapping it up. I oh. want to do one thing because you cut me off. I didn't even get the chance to say what I was playing this week. That's because that you were burning down. Da- that's because you were burning down the circuit boards. Shutting down I wasn't burning down the circuit board. Vivaldi was. Okay, fine. You were keeping him afloat. I don't know what the hell you do over there. <laughs> I, I just want right. to note that, you know, Chris, <laughs> Chris was talking about being brave. I finally got to be brave recently. What'd you do? What did you do? So there's a game called uh, Signalis that I tried recently. And I got to tell you, like, that game... I might actually be okay with horror games if that's the kind of game that it is, because that game is fucking neat. Because it's like oh, taking yeah? like Metal Gear Solid, like original PlayStation, like the t- like the top down level gameplay, 
and adding it into like the old school Resident Evil kind of feel to it. That game is really interesting and it's in this like sort of it's it feels like I'm in the thing, like the like the movie where they're just like way out in the middle of like the fucking Antarctica or some shit. And it has like a bit of a like Resident Evil meets Metal Gear meets kind of like Ghost in the Shell kind of vibes to it. And it's real like I've only played maybe a couple hours of it so far, but this might be the first horror game I ever finished because it's really fucking neat. I like it a lot. I'm already horrified just by what I'm seeing. Like Yeah, with like the weird like PS1 animation butcher. Yeah. Yeah, like that's enough to keep me up at night. I'm a wuss. Wow, this is bad. <laughs> it's if you survive I, Resident I, Evil, you'll be fine. Well, at least at this and as far as I've gotten in the game, you'll be fine. I'll just I'm turn them on. Oh, and, and you'll be happy to know you don't need ribbons to save. You can save as many times as you want. It doesn't go too old school, which, by the way, that was one of the dumbest things with some old school gaming. The way that they, like, prevented you from saving. Literally, you can run out of saves by playing the original Resident Evil. Like, that's something that gets lost in the shuffle over the years. You could actually not have the ability to save anymore, potentially, if you didn't, <laughs> if you didn't use your ribbons when you were supposed to. Yeah, I'm glad that's not a thing. Why is this hallway I'm, so I'm, dark? That's terrifying. Because it's a horror game, Chris. Turn the I don't. Down. I don't know if you know this, but darkness is kind of spooky. Yeah, that's why I don't like the darkness. I, I, I don't like mind real life darkness. Are... What about the darkness for Xbox? Hello, darkness, my old friend. Oh, I love that song though. What about the so band? Good. The band? Yeah, the oh, darkness. darkness. The darkness. Uh. And what about yeah, the evil of Kingdom Hearts? I okay, am that's for the that. best darkness. That's the best darkness, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, like I that's something I'm checking that. out right now. I just wanted to point that one out for anybody who's like a big horror game fan. If you, because it's it's a pretty like indie game, and I know it just got recently put on Game Pass, maybe about a month or so ago. If you're looking for something a little bit different on the horror side, and honestly, it's not too scary from what I played for it so far. It's atmospheric mostly. Like there aren't jump scares because, well, look at the graphics. It's going to be pretty hard for them to jump scare you with this. There's if there's a body on the ground, you look at it and go, "There is a fifty-fifty chance you're getting up." <laughs> so you're ready. You know better. It's not. It's not like you know. There's no so far. It might happen later. So far, no dogs have jumped through the windows or anything. So don't worry about that. So far, it's coming. I like the fact that you guys are becoming uh, horror games fans. You guys can uh, all play Dead Space and we can talk about it for I've game already of the year played Dead Space before. It's him that's got to play it. Play it again. Yeah. Also, fan is a very strong word. I'm surviving. That's what oh, I'm yeah, doing. It's, I'm a, it's a survival the, horror, horror game, Chris. That's, that's the exactly point. But I'm surviving it in real life. If I wake up at 3 a.m. and I hear something and I'm like, Mr. X is in my house. Then I'm like, Chris, you're going to be 40. Go no, back to Tom, we discussed this, Thomas. The tank <laughs> engine's in your house. No, I, those are way worse. Don't even, I'm never going to actually All right. do that. One, one of these days, I'm going to get a hold of your phone before I leave like your house. And I'm going to set an alarm for three in the morning. And it's going to be dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Either that or it's going to be George Carlin's narration in the background. Oh, George Carlin, fine. He could wake me up at 3 a.m. any day. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, actually, he would be a ghost of some sort, I guess. So that would be kind of scary. No, it'd be fine. It's him. Yeah. And I'm just waiting out the drought until Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm I might give that. 
I might give uh, Evil West a try. That's like the like when it came out in January. I heard yeah. short. The library has it, so I'm like, I might go borrow that. Yeah, do that. Have you do been that. playing anything recently too? Because I don't think you mentioned anything at the top of the show. Uh, I've been playing Mario, the the Mario World, Mario Land Switch or whatever the hell I've been playing. Um, the 2D one, it's good. It's still like I feel like I'm playing every level as an ice level. It's kind of annoying. Yeah. Yeah, it's great though. I feel like honestly, if it if it didn't have that problem, this game would be perfect. Like it would be the perfect game. Um, yeah, I know my next big project th- after yeah. I because I'm literally on the last case of uh, the third Phoenix Wright game in the trilogy. <laughs> as soon as I'm done that, I'm free again. So because there's nothing coming out right away, I mean, I might have a Star chance Wars. just before Coffee Talk Episode Two comes out on the twentieth. I Star believe. Wars. No. Um, Jedi Fallen Order. Because of the marathon, I've seen a couple of games that I'm like, you know what? I never freaking tried to play these games. And watching the Metroid Dread run, I'm not going to get Metroid Dread because that would require me buying a Switch game. Um, I've never actually played Super Metroid. I might actually get around to trying it for the first time. Oh, it's good. My, my heart just stopped. What? Yeah. How that's a, that's a, on earth? That's a game that I missed the entire time of my childhood because back then, like, it was Mario... I didn't even have, I didn't even own Link to the Past ever when I had a Super Nintendo. I always only got to play it through like a friend's house. Because most was required. No, because parents were poor. So you know when when you're going in the store, you just buy the flashy game that's like twenty bucks. And Link to the Past was never going to be that because its box art was the most unflashy out there because it didn't need to be. Need to be. So you get games like Wario's Woods instead. So that was flashy. That was flashy. All flash, but no sizzle. Yeah, I've never actually, I've played like the odd Metroid game here and there, but I've never actually played Super Metroid, and I do want to get around to trying that, specifically to see if I want to try the, uh, there's, I can't remember what the name of it is, but it's, there's a randomizer where it takes both Super Metroid and Link to the Past and puts them together, so you can go in one room in Super Metroid and it switches to Link to the Past, and you gotta do both at the same time. That is messed messed up. up. And, and that's something it. really neat that I want that I want to try too at some point. Which means I also have to go back and play Link to the Past because I haven't played that in such a long time. Such a good game. That's yeah. the only problem with that marathon. That that made me go, I want to try like six of these things. And I haven't played most of these games in like 10 years. So I need to play the vanilla game first to remind myself how. And then try the randomizer. I played Super Metroid when the Super Nintendo classic came out because i got that because i just i love that console um i played it there but i got lost in the map so i was like quite far but i just got lost and i kind of oh i would definitely have a map handy that's that's the beauty of things now it has a map is my friend it has a map but i just kind of got lost of where am i in this walkthrough and i was just like i don't know i like i was trying to play with i was trying to play without a walkthrough and then i'm like i'm lost I'm going to go, but I did like so many random things in random orders that I'm like, I have no idea where I'm actually supposed to be in this game walkthrough. It's crazy yeah, to think that when you go back that. and go to like old consoles, when you realize like how many games you actually never played because they're just, there was so many of them. And especially in those days, because games honestly were more expensive back then. We forget that, that in, with inflation now taken into perspective, we were paying more for games back then than we are today. So mm-hmm. it was hard. And also the marketing wasn't the same. Like you didn't really know what you were getting. You just walked into your video rental store back in the day and just looked at what boxes were still on the wall that didn't just have the placeholder thing behind them. So you knew that, Oh, I can take this one. And you're like, I don't know what that is, but it has a picture of a cool demon on it. So let's try that one. 
and it <laughs> ends up being a pile of shit. And you're like, well, I got this for three days. I guess I'm gonna have to play the most out of this that I can. Look, sometimes yep. you end up with Super Mario World, and sometimes you end up with the Magic School Bus for Sega Genesis, and you just you deal with it. It's a crapshoot. It is, except for Magic School Bus. You could have just seen it. It was on the box. But I didn't want to go on a normal field trip, so I had to. Uh, that's a good point. That is a good point. <laughs> Anyways, now that we've covered that, sorry that we cut you there, Adam. Uh, just yeah, I had nothing. I just going want to fill some more time because I'm pretty sure that just puts us at an hour now, so we're good. I did my hey, job. Hey, well, all killer, no filler here. We don't fill the thing. It's worth us chatting about. Ladies and gentlemen, if you like that show and you want to hear more of what we talk about, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts searching for Pixel Play Podcast. If you want to see our lovely faces while we make this show, uh, you can go and see us on YouTube or we also have a video on Spotify if you want to watch us there. If you want to be part of the show, you're we always welcome uh, emails, comments, concerns, questions. Uh, we even get some news stories from our fans on our Discord page. That could all be found in our link tree, linktr.e forward slash Pixel Play Podcast. We'd love to have you there along with the fans that we listen to regularly. Uh, once again, I've been your host, Kalen, a.k.a. Catastrophe, joined as always by Adam at CS Radical and Chris at Gene and Chris. Thank you so much, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye for now. <laughs> <laughs>